0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Welcome back to BeQL Daily, presented by BET MGM, Aaron Hawksworth, Jim Rodriguez, in for Joe Ostrowski this morning. And joining us now is Ben Heisler. You can join him on Twitter at Benny Heiss, formerly of Betsided, also. A big Indiana fan. And Ben, welcome to the show. We were just talking about some conference tournament winners. Where is there there's some value? And Indiana at plus 550 is intriguing. Apparently he's not here, so that's fun. Just got the memo. Um, but yeah, so we move on.
2: <laughs> there, <laughs> there's some intrigue. I don't know if I can necessarily get there. But yes, the he intrigue- is here is there i first of all it's great it's great to see you guys i I think if we're looking at the big 10 collectively there's purdue at the top which i know you trust them a little bit further than the big 10 tournament aaron to go the distance I still have some question marks about them, especially with Indiana having the success that they had against them the last couple of times that they've played. Um, but after that, it's kind of a logjam. Michigan State's played better in the second half of the Big Ten season. You have Northwestern, who's going to play really strong defense. Boo continues to have a really nice run. And, and then there's teams like Maryland who can beat anybody at any time. But if it goes away from their home court... It's a complete toss-up. The the Big Ten for me, I think if you're looking at it, maybe you look at a team like Iowa who's playing really strong down the stretch of the season. I hate to bet on anybody uh, that is associated with Fran McCaffrey, but they're playing better defense. Their shooting is a little bit more consistent. They just went to Indiana uh about a week or so ago and and just completely mop the floor with them so that might be a team where you're looking at them in plus 1100 and say to yourself if they get hot you know they're going to shoot well from outside but the defense might be the big aspect of their game right now uh, that's starting to play well i, I just think the big time you just look for value at this point because purdue and indiana they're you got to know where they are at this point
0: yeah I, and i guess the maddening thing about purdue is 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 it even though they're so inconsistent, they're still a favorite. So you don't get any value from there. When you look at the tournament, the, the, the big 10 tournament um, you you mentioned, Iowa, I think Michigan state may be in the, in the best position because they're playing so well. Where do you see Sparty in all this?
2: I I think Sparty can certainly make a run. Um, You know, they've won their last two games, but had that big loss to Iowa, the 112-106 game, where they really kind of unraveled. Um, and remember, they had a big win against Indiana at home, uh, their first home game uh, after the tragedy over in East Lansing. Um, but they're the they're a really good three-point shooting team. And I think that can kind of take you down a road where you can either make a uh, an exceptional run in a tournament like the Big Ten tournament, where the defense is going to be a little bit more physical. Um, you know, they shot... <laughs> from three-point range this year. But for normally, you think of Michigan State as a team that's going to bang you up a little bit inside and and out-physical you. Um, They shot 47.8% from inside the arc. And and that kind of scares me a little bit about a a team like Michigan State, where if the three-point shooting isn't on, uh, those are some of the games that can look really bad. And because of the defense played in the Big Ten, like, they scored 55 points against Rutgers, 61 against Purdue, against Michigan back on February 18th. They only put up 72. So when the three-point shots are falling, you know, they're very, very competitive. But um, when they're not, especially with some of the defenses that you'll face in the Big Ten, again, back-to-back-to-back to back to back type games for Michigan State, that scares me just a little bit from a team like them.
1: Here with Ben Heisler. Ben, the Big East is interesting as well. We've got UConn 2-1, Creighton 3-1, Marquette 3-1, Xavier plus 550, Villanova 10-1, to and then Providence 15-1 to before there's a significant drop-off. Marquette won the regular season, but UConn has the best metrics, and Xavier has the most quad one and two wins. Is there a team that you would look to bet in this conference?
2: Mar- Marquette's a team that I like maybe more so in the tournament than I do for the Big East tournament, again, because of the havoc defense that Chaka Smart has them playing. I, I think that can wear you down, especially in situations where you're going on for a long period of time. Um, you know, Connecticut, I-, I-, I think, is one of those teams where you look at them metrically, like you said, Aaron, top 10 in Ken Palm adjusted offensive fi- efficiency, they're top 12 in adjusted defense um those tend to be the teams historically that when you look at a tournament resume and teams that have gone to the final four have set up very very well teams that are both ranked in the top 20 for both offensive and defensive efficiency um could they be could they have been a little bit better down the stretch i suppose they, they won some close games the seton hall game they were able to pull away uh lost that game to creighton back in the middle portion of february but they're they're playing very, very well right now. And while, again, you're, you're looking at it from the perspective of you hate to take a favorite, but I, I just think they set up a lot better than Creighton or Xavier. Certainly Villanova playing a little bit better right now. I, I don't trust them. Um, Providence is always going to be one of those teams where Ed Cooley is going to have them ready, and they play so many close games. If it's a close game, you almost want to take Providence live. Um, but I, I do think getting the plus value at UConn it's probably the way to go unless they feel like their tournament resume is already set. And then maybe you try to pivot to another team that that makes a run and, and hedge that bet a little bit.
0: Hey, Ben, let's talk about the SEC. And I think, you know, obviously Alabama, you know, at one point, got to the highest of pedestals as number one, having all sorts of, of off-the-court issues now, and it almost yep. seems like it's starting to affect them on the court. Where Where's the SEC? Where's the value for you, and who, who are you thinking uh, that will win the SEC tournament?
2: Uh, well, again, I, I'm glad you mentioned Alabama because it's just not a team that I, I trust right now. Um, I, I think Texas A&M provides uh, – some, a really good second half to start to feel a little bit more comfortable about. You look at their, their resume since February, one loss, that was a road game to Mississippi state. Uh, and that was a game where just nothing was really working for them, um, you know, offensively, um, especially in the, in, in sort of like the final 10 minutes, they really let Mississippi, uh, uh, they really let Mississippi state go on a run on the road. And it just, wasn't conducive to how they were playing, but they were great uh, in the the, the second uh, or in, in the final portion of the first half, uh, limited Mississippi State to just eight points, uh, but just didn't hold it through over the course of the remaining portion of the game. But think about the wins that they have put together: wins against Auburn, Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, uh, and, and then that win back on March fourth against Alabama. Um, I, I think a team like like A and M might be sort of getting hot at the right time. Um, in plus 525, it's a pretty sizable difference between them and Arkansas. I think those might be the two teams. I, I just trust Arkansas's ability with how good they are on the offensive glass. Um, Eric Musselman's success in this tournament as well as the NCAA tournament. There's, there's some consistency issues for sure with the Hogs, but I, I think sort of in that window, I, I trust them more than Kentucky, certainly trust them a little bit more than Tennessee and Alabama right now. I do think Texas A&M would be my pick, but I might sprinkle a little bit on on Arkansas as well.
1: I want to get your thoughts on some MLB futures I know you've placed, but first let's get your reaction to the combine. We know Bryce Young weighed in over 200 pounds. Everybody was worried. (laughs) And then Anthony Richardson was turning heads. How does the information that you learned after the combine, how does it affect how you might be betting the draft?
2: I think you're going to see four quarterbacks for sure in the top 13. And I was trying to determine what the Jalen Carter news would have as far as the Bears trade value for the pick. And a lot of arguments have been made that it's a bad thing for Chicago. To to me, I, I think it's a good thing because I think it places heavier value on that position. So for example, let's look at the Colts, right? Colts and the Bears, they have that match made in heaven. They're the ideal partners. For a long time up until the Jalen Carter news comes out and now I think because of the fact that instead of picking the top four where you have a guaranteed top prospect you might be getting outside that tier I I think it's going to cost the Colts significantly more to trade up with Chicago to get to that number one pick because they're they're taking a quarterback It's just a question of of who it's going to be and and who they fall in love with so I, I think it actually does more for Chicago to put a higher emphasis of value And then maybe if they do move down, maybe they still take Carter and feel really good about the pick, knowing that they weren't going to have to deal with that situation anyway. But every quarterback looked good. Like Will Levis was asked to demonstrate the arm strength, and he showed up. C.J. Stroud did everything really, really well, which was kind of the mark on him going into this draft. Anthony Richardson wowed with his speed, wowed with the athleticism. The deep ball looked good as well. So it's always a situation, you guys, where the quarterbacks are going to get traditionally hyped up at this point. I just don't think anything took away from that, and now you're going to see the mad rush start to begin again because nobody really lowered their stock in the process.
0: Ben, I think you know you touched you touched on Anthony Richardson, and and he's an interesting example because if I'm a team, I'm not drafting him and expecting him to play right away. So I'm going to put him on the sideline for at least a year or two so what team can do that that could draft him put him on the sideline and say okay we're ready to go because again if if i'm if i need a quarterback today i don't know if if anthony richardson's my guy i think seattle would be the perfect spot now the
2: question is what are they going to do with geno smith how they feel comfortable about extending him but that would make so much sense, right? You know the type of success that you had with Russell Wilson. This is Russell Wilson from an athleticism standpoint, and size, and speed, and arm strength. That now, all of a sudden, in the proper system on a rookie contract, you have a veteran who's been beloved now um, in that city with that fan base. And even if you sign him to a, a longer term extension, I, I think about Kansas City and, and how they handled it with Smith still under contract, bringing in Mahomes, being here in Kansas City. And again, Mahomes is the exception to the rule. This is not me coming on BetQL daily and saying Anthony Richardson is going to be the next Mahomes. But you want somebody like that, as you said, in the ideal spot. I think Seattle makes a lot of sense. And I think there's going to be teams that recognize that they have a long-term need after Geno is done. That might be the team I really think you could pop some some interest knowing that they have a short-term solution and they can pave way for Richardson once he's ready. And even if Smith plays well... All that's going to do is keep the interest in Richardson moving forward. It was sort of like how teams felt about Jordan Love for the first couple years. He wasn't playing, but there was still intrigue as to what he could do. Now that he's played a couple games, maybe the interest isn't there as much. But at least with Richardson, the intrigue would still be there at that spot.
1: You have a few plays that you like for tonight. I want to get to the NBA play. The Blazers minus five and a half point favorites at the Pistons. Pistons playing like hot garbage. They've lost seven straight games. They've (laughs) lost 10 of their last 11. The Blazers just barely beat the Magic, so that's a little bit worrisome as well. What is your favorite play in this matchup tonight?
2: I'm going first quarter, Aaron, uh, because that's something that at least with two teams that are playing very mid-basketball, and I I think that would be a compliment right now for Detroit. I think they would love to be playing at a meh type level, but I like the Blazers in the first quarter on the road, minus one and a half. They actually own over the last 10 games, four on the road, the fourth best first quarter rating in the NBA, um, and they're only one in three in sort of those traditional win-loss stats for the first quarter. I think they're due for some positive regression against the Pistons team, like you said, has been playing terrible. They're actually seventh worst over their last four games at home in first quarter rating. Um, This is a Blazers team that is putting up numbers, but just hasn't gotten the results that they have wanted as a result of it in the early portion of the game. So, so give me Portland. Right now, you can actually find a bet MGM at minus one and a half. A lot of the other books have already moved towards mm-hmm. minus two and minus two and a half. So you're getting a really good number there. I, I think Blazers early in this game against Detroit on the road is, is the way that I'm going to at least be attacking this one.
0: Ben, we got college basketball going on, tournaments, uh, conference tournaments are starting. West Coast Conference WCC in play tonight, and you've got to play uh, in one of those games tonight yeah i like the dog byu plus
2: seven and a half again a great line over at uh, bet mgm right now seen it as low as six and a half and and at some other books they have it at seven um starting with like just taking a look at how it kind of plays out ken pom has this as a seven point win for the gales so you're getting a half point of value there at the seven and a half cougars are also coming off of a day of rest within the quarterfinals but their last game was on Saturday. Most of these tournaments, normally you're, you're used to seeing games and teams play back to back to back. They actually have a day of rest, which I think is going to be advantageous for them as the five seed. Meanwhile, St. Mary's, you guys, hasn't played since February 25th, and that was an 11-point loss on the road to Gonzaga. Um, this is a matchup where you have very different styles. BYU pushes tempo, one of the faster paced teams in the NCAA. That's not what St. Mary's likes to do. In the fact, they play with a bottom five pace. So if BYU is able to push tempo and kind of get St. Mary's who hasn't played in uh, you know about a week, maybe even longer... I just don't think they're going to get comfortable right away. Maybe in the second half, they're able to close the gap. They're a very good defensive team. Um, But you're getting seven and a half against the BYU team that's been playing pretty solid basketball of late versus the St. Mary's team that hasn't played in in a week plus. So I think the seven and a half is really good value for BYU uh, coming into the West Coast Conference Tournament tonight.
1: Love it. Five seconds, your favorite MLB future. Uh, Give me the (laughs) Mets. I like the Mets. I'm buying it on what Steve Cohen is selling. I am too. I love it, Ben. Thank you. That's Ben Heisler. So good catching up with you. Always fun. Love the plays. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, Lightning Bets. Our favorite plays for tonight is next.